1110 WBT. Pete Callender here. I have not yet begun dragging these Charlotte City Council members looking to entrench themselves in power, in perpetuity. They've come through the budget committee with a recommendation. This is, and this is just so far. There's more that's percolating. So far, what they want to do, three major points. Number one, they want to go from a two-year term to a four-year term because they're like the president, you know? Congress, the, the General Assembly of North Carolina, like the county commissioners, you know, they're all on two-year cycles. But no, no, the city council, their work, the work that we do, it's so important, they should not be held accountable for their decisions for another four years. So they need the four-year terms because otherwise, oh, i got to run for re-election again. i got to talk to the voters again. i got to ask for their approval again. Number one, four-year terms. Number two, stagger the elections. I don't know if they actually define how that would look yet, but they want to stagger the elections so this way you don't get to vote for the entire city council in one election, in one, you would have all of the races in one election. And they want to split them up like the Charlotte Mecklenburg School Board has done, because that used to be, I believe, all together. Um, so you vote for everybody all together. So if there was a wave election, you get to throw people out. Well, they don't want that. Now, they give you a cover story about institutional knowledge, and there's got to be some continuity, and you don't want all new people in there. No, you don't want all new people in there. You don't want that. The voters might, right? See, they're long ago. Now, I'm going to say something. I bet Chris Farrell's going to know exactly what I'm talking about. The Angels in America play in Charlotte Mecklenburg. Yeah, he's shaking his head. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. This, the Angel, so Angels in America was a, a Broadway play and it was making the tour all around America and it came down to Charlotte and there was a big kerfuffle over it because. What did they call them? There was five of them and five county commissioners, Bill James being one of them. Hoyle Martin was another. And they blocked funding for the Arts and Science Council because they objected to the uh, the depiction of homosexuality in the play, as in it was depicted. (laughs) They didn't want any of that in the play. So they cut the funding for ASC. It made national news. The Charlotte Observer was like, oh, we're so embarrassed, you know, but it was a bipartisan thing. Coyle Martin being a Democrat and the other ones, what Tom Bush was another, I believe. The So this Angels in America scandal went national. And a lot of people got voted out. I mean, not Bill James, but everybody else got, like everybody else got voted out. So you're saying that in the event that something like that occurs, you don't want to be able to have, you don't want the voters to be able to throw everybody out amidst the scandal. Say a city council member, for example, thinks he owns a bunch of shares in a company when he actually doesn't. But if he did, it would be a criminal offense. But he swears he does. But he won't go to court to prove it. And so there's all these questions swirling about ethics and all that. I just, I'm, I'm just making up an example. Just totally spitballing here. But let's say that that happened. Would you want to be able to you know, get him out of office as quickly as possible? Or would you want to have to wait for three and a half years or so? I mean, I know this is just a fictional, hypothetical situation I am outlining here because when that exact thing did occur in Charlotte, the voters returned him to office. So they don't care. Um, One of the things also, when they compare themselves to these other jurisdictions, we want to look at other cities in the state, other cities of our size. 
cities of our size around America, Mecklenburg County, and we want to look at these different uh, bodies and how do they govern themselves and such. The things that they incorporated into their recommendations are the things that they wanted and the things they rejected that others do harmed their ability to entrench themselves in power. For example, term lengths, term lengths. They say peer cities, 80% of their peer cities around America, 80% of them have four-year terms. And in North Carolina, 73% of cities that have more than 50,000 people have four-year terms. Okay. Charlotte only has two-year terms. But when you start looking at the peer cities and did they implement term limits? Yeah. 55% of them have term limits. Not the city of Charlotte. That's not one of the recommendations. They don't want to have term limits. Staggered elections? It's 50-50. Nonpartisan. Peer cities, 90% nonpartisan. Cities over 50,000, 93% nonpartisan. So what does this mean? The ones we're comparing ourselves to, 9 out of 10 of them, do not run partisan elections. Charlotte does. Now, did they recommend that we get rid of the D's and the R's? Because remember, that's politicization of the judiciary. When that was being debated for the courts and whether we keep the D's and the R's on the ballot, and and the Democrats were like, you can't leave D's and R's on the ballot. That's politicizing the judiciary. Well, what about this? Doesn't this politicize basic city services? That shouldn't be politicized. District representation. 55% of our peer cities have districts only. Back to the audio. Ed Driggs. Where was I? Uh, Clip three. Ed Driggs, Councilman Ed Driggs, uh, Republican, asked why this recommendation calls for an additional district seat without eliminating one of the at-large seats. That's the way it was. The Citizens Advisory Committee, that's what they recommended, was instead of four at-large, seven districts, go to eight districts and three at-large. Because districts protect minority representation. I'm sorry to have to break the news to the defenders of democracy and the people who pop off all the time and pay all this lip service to protecting the democracy, but it's actually protecting constituents, protecting citizens and their voices in their government by giving them smaller districts. They have more of an impact. They have a a greater ability to serve in appointed positions and such, to serve on city committees and such. Their vote matters more in a smaller district. So Ed Driggs asked, what's up with that? Why did that why did that get in there? That's right. So the Citizens Committee's recommendation was to remove one at large and add an eighth district. However, uh, after reviewing uh, citizens, uh, citizens Committee, Citizens Advisory Committee's recommendation, the committee, this committee, because it's a new committee, yeah. uh, um, because their recommendation was made last year or the year before, but this committee reviewed Citizens Advisory Committee recommendation and said, no, we would like to keep four at large and add an eighth district because that doesn't require legislative approval. So that was the committee's recommendation, which is different I, I, than I, the I citizens. just wanted to clarify because it wasn't clear that that's that right. didn't follow the Citizens Committee no. recommendation. That's right. Okay. That's right. Uh, and also, I think having an even number of seats invites uh, a whole lot of tie-breaking <laughs> votes 
um, potentially, right? Oh, no, so, we're going to give the mayor a vote. That's right. <laughs> Will you be the mayor then? Uh, well, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Several people around this dais would like to know. <laughs> That's Tark Bakari needling the mayor and <laughs> uh, Winston, Braxton Winston, the mayor pro tem, and Dimple Ejmira, right? All of whom, and, and Malcolm Graham, I guess, to some extent, because uh, all of these folks have uh, have uh, their eyes set on, uh, on the mayorship. Lawana Mayfield also opposes... Asking the public what their thoughts are on on changing uh, the governing structure. I personally think it's a conversation of political will versus political ability. City council has the ability to make the decision. I have been saying that since in my first term. We have the ability. But I've also heard over the years, multiple times, many council members from the dais and from in front of any camera have this long debate of why it needs to go to a referendum. I say we have the ability to vote, yay or nay on it. If we vote in support of four-year stagger terms, legislatively, we have the ability to do it. If 5,000 registered, verified voters were to challenge that, if we do it early enough, there's still time to put it on the referendum. But council has the ability to make that decision. Yes, that's true. But as Jeff Goldblum, the philosopher, noted in that documentary, Jurassic Park, he noted, you spent so much time asking whether you could do it, you never stopped and asked, should you be doing it? Let me go over here real quick and get Jackie on before the break. Hello, Jackie. Welcome to the show. Hey, man. I totally agree with the conversation you're having today. Uh, As a citizen, I feel offended by what Malcolm Graham said. You know, just let's vote on it and let the chips fall where they may. Right. Uh, that, that, that totally offended me when I heard that on the news yesterday. So I say, man, we need your help on this one, Pete. We need to keep this alive and not let this die on the vine uh, and let them slip through this four-year term. we got to do whatever we can to stop it because what it does, it diminishes their accountability. And before you know it, they'll get the four-year term. The next thing we know, we'll be paying city council members $75,000 to $100,000 to be city council members. That's exactly and, what the plan is. Oh, that is, that is, opinion, oh, oh that's in, exactly what the stated plan is. Absolutely. Sure. And, and in my opinion, in my opinion, you know, a two-year term versus a four-year term does not uh, diminish or change the way you govern the decisions you make. It just gives that council member just a, a degree of comfortability, knowing that he only has to answer to the to the citizens once every four years. Right. Which and uh, we've been doing this for years. Everything doesn't need to be changed for change's sake. And uh, I guarantee you, and my, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I I would bet that the majority of the citizens of the, of the city don't want to go to four terms. They don't. The polling shows two-thirds do not want to go there, and that's precisely why Malcolm Graham doesn't want to hold a referendum. Jackie, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thanks so much, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay on this. I'm not even done yet. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I'm not going to tell you again. The Light the Nights Festival. It's at Truist Field. Go there. You're not, not doing anything tonight. Head on uptown and go to Truist Field. Light the Nights Festival. They got the ice skating rink. They got the snow tubing hill. They got the light show, live entertainment. It's brought to you in part by Piedmont Natural Gas. Share the warmth 
at the Light the Nights Festival. Make some memories with the family at Truist Field. You got to do it tonight. Email here from Dan to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. I'm not sure why we're surprised when the city of Charlotte says they don't really care what voters have to say about changing the governing structure of the council. North Carolinians overwhelmingly voted to adopt voter ID mandates, only to have their wishes subverted by a corrupt state Supreme Court. It's just business as usual. The elite ruling class have spoken. Um, P.S. In what reasonably in what reasonable world do voters put their trust in a political candidate nicknamed Smudgy? It's a, well, according to his uncle Norman, who used to be a county commissioner, um, he got the nickname because he would smudge dirt on his face as a as a child, as a baby, as a kid. He would he was always playing in the in the dirt, playing in the mud, and um, yeah. So he hasn't really. Yeah, hasn't moved very far off of that in his professional career. Oh, come on. It's just a politician joke. I don't... Okay. Um, <laughs> Stan says, uh, Pete, speaking of the uh, these uh, four-year terms, why don't you see if you can get WBT to give you a four-year contract, and for the next four years, you can then get to do whatever you want with no questions asked. Your justification in asking is that you're smarter than them and only have their best interests at heart. Okay, I'm not hiring Stan as an agent. That is not going to happen. Not that he asked. I already have one that does no work for me anyway. He was a listener. He lives in Florida. His name is Chuck. I've never paid him, and he's done nothing for me, so it works out well. Okay, so um, Luana Mayfield opposes taking this to the public, asking the, the, the city voters, hey, do you want to change the way you elect us? Or should we just say... Stuff it, voters. We're going to enact these changes. We're going to entrench ourselves. And um, and then if you can get enough signatures to get a referendum about it, uh, then, okay, fine, we'll abide by the referendum. But Lawana Mayfield is saying we don't have to go to the public. There's no requirement that says we have to ask the public whether or not they agree with these changes. So I'm going to jump forward to the very end of the meeting, very end, because there's like an hour-long discussion about this topic in like a six hour meeting and mayor Lyles, she brings this up at the end of the discussion. She urges caution and she notes that yes, Charlotte is a blue city, but it is located in a red state. As we are thinking about this, when you talk about an engagement strategy, that is going to be absolutely key if you're going to move forward in that way because we are not the final authority on how we're structured. And so it's, I think it's time to make a decision about this, but I would say let's be prudent and know the consequences of the decisions that we're making and be very clear as we propose this or as it's proposed to go to a public hearing that addresses the concerns that people would say in a referendum and that some of those that you've heard around this body tonight, around this dais tonight. All right, so if you're confused, like, what the heck is she talking about? I'll tell you what she's talking about. The legislature. Charlotte City Council can do this without a, uh, without a public vote. But the reason this issue has been percolating, aside from the fact that you got Democrats that are trying to get jobs programs for themselves... Aside from that, 
Republicans are being gerrymandered out of representation on their local body. And the legislature is a little sensitive to that topic. And Lyles, the mayor, Mayor Lyles, actually referenced, she didn't know what where it was. She said, I can't remember where it came from, but I remember something about that. I forget it. I, I, I can tell her. It was Asheville. It was Asheville a couple years ago. I was up there. And they have all at-large seats. And they don't get any Republican representatives on their city council, ever. And they went to Chuck Edwards, who's now congressman-elect, They went to Chuck Edwards and they said, can you help us? And he said, yes, I can. And so he filed a bill to force most members of the Asheville City Council to run in districts instead of citywide. It would have created five districts. City elections would be used to choose a mayor citywide and one other member of council and then five districts. That, that was what they did to Asheville. And they did it also to Buncombe County, where Asheville resides. State Representative Tim Moffitt did it to Asheville when he redistricted the state seats and put all of the county commission seats into the same districts as the state legislative house seats. Right? He made the districts the same. Much like Charlotte Mecklenburg and Mecklenburg County uh, Commission used to have the same districts. They, they were identical. So if you were in District 2 County Commission, you were District 2 School Board. But then for some reason, they changed that while I was away up in the mountains. So up there, the legislature forced districts onto Buncombe County. And then they tried to force districts onto the city of Asheville. Asheville did an end run by changing its charter. But here's the thing you need to keep in mind, and this is what Mayor Lyles knows and what she was telling her colleagues on the on the city council. You fool around, you're going to find out what happens with now a supermajority at the legislature, because in the House or in the Senate and a one vote majority, uh, one vote near supermajority in the House, because these are local bills. They do not need the governor's approval. Governor can't veto this type of thing. And every city, every town, they are administrative units of the state. The state can actually come in and scrap the city of Charlotte's charter like that, if they want to. They are creations of the state legislature. The state legislature can tell you how you are to elect yourselves. So you do stuff like this, and you create an issue. You create a cause for the red state lawmakers in Raleigh to stick it right back to you after you stuck it to the Republican citizens in your town. That's the fire that these city council members are messing around with. Now, I don't know, do we have any uh, Republicans left that even represent uh, Mecklenburg uh, in the legislature? Do we have any local? I think we got John Bradford. uh, He's a representative. Do we have any state senators? Because you could do a local bill. You could do a local bill. So that's that's what Mayor Lyles was talking about. And um, this is why you need two parties. It really is. And I would say that the other way around as well. All right, we're going to get to Braxton Winston up next. Here's Talk 1110, 99.3. 
WBT. Pete Callender here, going over the Charlotte City Council debate the other day. It was on Tuesday. Um, it was like an hour-long debate. I watched it, so you didn't have to. You're welcome. I'm a giver. And um, they were debating changing the way that they elect themselves, that they uh, that we elect them, that the citizens of Charlotte elect the city council members. And uh, they would very much uh, like not to have to ask for your approval so often if they could just come back every four years instead of every two. And they would prefer that you not throw them all out at once uh, to only, you know, they would prefer a little bit of insulation, you know, against their decisions. So you never really know who's on the ballot. So when someone makes a bad decision you don't like, you know, chances are you're going to have to wait four years to try to get rid of them, that kind of thing. And rather than get rid of an at-large seat and make it a district seat, they're just going to add a district seat. And meanwhile, they're going to complain about all the work they have to do as at-large members. Like, for example, Braxton Winston. I don't think it was sufficient. <laughs> um, and I will say oh, hang on a second. That- yeah, this is because, hang on, hang on. They, right, council members' total pay is now about $52,000. 52k up from $34,000. The mayor makes like $60,000 a year, okay? So they gave themselves a big fat pay raise a couple of uh, years ago, like a year or so ago, and Winston says that's still not enough. He says it's not a full-time job, and the $52,000 a year council pay itself is not enough. I don't think it was sufficient. <laughs> um, and I will say, as a single father of three children who has to work four jobs, at least four jobs, to, to represent the people, what? where I have to make decisions, um, you know, whether to do the work on, uh, for the people or, or put food on my family's table, uh, that this job you know, has changed, as it has been said. Mm. I'm sorry this is happening to you. My gosh, if only this could have been averted somehow. If only there was a way that you could have kept focusing on your four jobs and your family while not having to be a city councilman. Gosh, or mayor pro tem for that matter. Hmm. Man, that's just, I mean, that's just, that's just some bad luck. That's a tough break. He calls the current model a joke. When the governance, when this um, uh, uh, government was chartered in 1929 and the legacy about 100 years since then, you know, this was made for, uh, this job was intended to be for old, retired, um, well-off business people uh, selected uh, through the slates of the, the historical chambers of commerce. Uh, here in Charlotte. That is not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people like me, um, people, this you look around this table, around this council, you have single mothers, uh, yeah. you have young parents. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke, um, uh, the way this is set up. Okay. So wait a minute. So you're pointing at the diversity of the people elected to office around the table, you're you're saying, look at all these different people, all walks of life and such. And it was set up in a certain way. And look, I don't disagree with the like the, the old joke, right? Three, there were three parties in Charlotte: the Democrats, the Republicans, and the Chamber. Right, and the Chamber was the most powerful. Now it's that is how stuff got done. I, I don't disagree with any of that. But why are you protecting that system then? And the answer, by the way. Like, he's not making a case for these individual items that he's endorsing. He's not making a case for that. He's just saying that old model was bad. Right? 
But that's not an endorsement or it's not an explanation for why going to a four-year term is a better idea. Because the Citizens Advisory Committee, they looked at that. They did a side-by-side comparison. And they said, look, if you want to do four-year terms, then okay, do four-year terms. But do term limits as well. That was a 10-to-1 vote on that Citizens Advisory Committee. And then stagger the elections. But no, no, what did they take out? And when the city looked at it, when the city councilors looked at it, what did they do? They took out the term limit part. Because it's about entrenching themselves in power. So then the mayor pro tem, the activist turned politician, mayor-in-waiting, said that this is more than just about Charlotte, don't you see? It's about our democracy. And when it comes down to this, this isn't just a Charlotte issue, right? This is an issue of our democracy. Uh, This is a city issue. This is a state issue. This is a national issue. And it is an issue of utmost importance. If we want to have a functioning democracy where representatives that look like, act like, and are like the people uh, of of the constituency. You mean like now? If you want the people of, uh, of, 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 of a municipality a county, a state, a nation to be able to select those leaders not uh, versus um, those that can afford to be in positions like these. We have to have this conversation. You're in the position. The people like the city council. I mean, I like. I'm not I, I, I don't even know, like what the racial composition of the Charlotte City Council at this point. I believe there's one white person on it, right? That, that it, Ed Driggs, because Tark Bakari, I mean, he is a Republican, but I mean, doesn't, isn't he sort of, he comes out of like the Asian American, the AAPI. I, like, I don't know. Like I'm not, I don't have the, the color coded chart of all the ethnicities and stuff. I'm not, you know, I'm not a political identitarian, so I don't know all of this, but I'm pretty sure there's just like the one. Okay, we'll call Tark Bakari white as well. Fine, you got two. Is that is that representative of the public? Not my standard, by the way. This is not my standard. This is Braxton Winston's standard. This is what he's expressing. He wants the the body to look like the people and to be like the people like that are on the body right now. Are they not? Then he says, look, he was called to serve. The General Assembly makes $13,000 a year. I could not run for the General Assembly because I could not afford to serve on that. Not because I wouldn't be useful, not because that's not my proper place, but I could run for this office because I can make it work. That shouldn't be a choice. That is not a function of democracy. We also need to move Raleigh to Charlotte. How about that? We need to take the whole city of Raleigh, move it right to Charlotte so Braxton doesn't have to drive. Ooh, okay, all right, maybe how about this? How about we pay for a second home for Braxton in Raleigh so he doesn't have to pay for any accommodations while he's up there? We'll pay for his travel, right? We pay for the travel so this way you can go to Raleigh. But, oh, my gosh, then 
Well, I mean, he's got another job. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like I was, I went to college, I got these degrees and I wanted to take pictures. I wanted to be a photographer. I wanted to shoot video. I wanted to be artsy. But then I got called during the, the protest riots over those racist cops murdering people. And then I got called, I got pictured with the shirt off and a fist in the air. And so now I'm a politician, but oh my gosh, I can't afford this. So we need to change everything to accommodate him. Right. We need to make sure that he can. I mean, he is doing the job now. And to his credit, he got them all like fifty thousand dollars in pay now. Right. All the council members are all making some pretty good bank at fifty two, fifty three K. It's not enough, obviously. But poor Winston, he can't go work where he really wants to work. It sounds like his first idea was to go work at the state level. And it is a more powerful body. So he wanted to go work at the state. But I can't make that work. I can't afford that. Right. Well, maybe how about apply yourself? to make a lot of money so you could take two or four years and then do that. That's what people do. They have like a long-term vision kind of thing, and they don't, they don't try to tear down the entire institution to accommodate themselves. Now, that being said, I'm okay with the idea of entertaining other ways that you, that, to make this work so you get more citizen participation. But the idea here is you're not supposed to be there forever. You're not supposed to be there forever. But you notice, once again, no term limits as part of their package of, quote, reforms. Tark Bakari then starts speaking, and uh, he says he would agree to the four-year terms if it included term limits. But he is also very concerned about the desire to avoid a referendum. And he said to them, if you don't send this to a referendum, he said, there will be one petitioned for. I personally guarantee it. So he would work. He personally would work to get it on the ballot, and I would help him do that. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Let me play a quick soundbite and get to some calls. This is uh, City Councilman Tark Bakari. He objected to the expansion of the city council with the addition of a new district while keeping all of the at-large seats. The Citizens Committee that looked at all of this stuff like a year ago, they recommended converting one of the at-large seats into a district seat. The bottom line, I've heard the debate, and I just don't buy it, sorry. We don't need four at-large reps to hypothesize about the city strategically. We need more people. Like, we all manage 125,000 constituents in each district, right? And uh, at the end of the day, I like, I like one at-large person that's the mayor pro tem and all the rest districts. And the reason that the, the, the working group recommended eight districts and three at-large people wasn't just for that increase in representation. It was also to better align the city with the actual demographics of Republicans, Democrats, and unaffiliates. Because right now it's gerrymandered where there's only two seats that can possibly hang on here. So that was to put eight down one at large to better represent the 20% Republicans and 40% unaffiliated that could go either way, which right now the seats don't do. Exactly. The seats don't do that. Gary, welcome to the show. Hey, Gary. Yeah, hey, man. You are a big advantage to this city. I remember talking to one of my friends when you were coming. I'm, it's kind of windy. I'm outside, so it may be different. Oh, that's all right. I'll take compliments one, in any breeze. Uh, one, one point. <laughs> this for Braxton, this is exactly why we have this country. We were at one time ruled by professional politicians, full-time politicians. I mm-hmm. mean, they're living... It created a war, and this guy 
being up there. The, and the Republicans did it back with Lynn Wheeler, and you know, you've talked about that a few minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, so it's not necessarily party, but it's about creating power. And it, we were not set up for a politician to be full time or to be permanent. Right. I that's think how that's we. In the Constitution. Yeah. I think it's in the, the Federal's papers and in all, all of the founders' uh, writings that we, we're not set up like because we know what it's going to create. Right. We know where it's headed. No. Because one time we had a professional government governance. Gary, I appreciate the call. It's a great point. Uh, very great point. It's uh, the reason why uh, Washington, right, stepped away. And, like, that's why everybody that was lamenting about the democracy and the peaceful transfer of power, like, all of that stuff was up until FDR. That was just the norm because it was the norm. Everybody did it. We all we all understood citizen legislature and such, citizen public servants. Pete, welcome to the program. Great name, Pete. How are you? Yes, sir. Pete, we've spoken before quickly. <laughs> uh, I'll, hit my, I'll hit the point that I called on just a sec, but... I've been sitting here thinking if uh, this is such a problem for uh, Braxton that maybe we ought to set up a GoFundMe page Ooh. and get them all paid. Uh, now you're now thinking. I know, now you know, you're, I know you're a you know a well-regarded professional, and everything. But man, if you were morning drive time, a bunch of nudniks there, that would be a wonderful radio stunt. <laughs> I just a uh, a GoFundMe for the mayor pro tem who just got himself a fifty-two thousand dollar paycheck. And by the way, this is what they're you know they're going to come back and try to go full time, make their positions full time. So this way they could then up that to about a hundred K a year and then he never has to work again and he can turn his videography stuff into just like a, a hobby. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you, if you've got to have four jobs to, uh, you know, be able to support your family and everything else, maybe public service, you're not in the time of life right now that you need to be in public service. Right. Yeah. No. And that's uh, right. But he, that's the thing. He feels he's called to do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, well then you know you're going to make sacrifices, but on the other hand, maybe just throwing this out there, just spitballing, maybe a little self-examination, a little self-assessment to understand that maybe you've got a little bit of a narcissism thing going on there, a little bit of ego thing going on there, that like you're the savior that can do these things that no one else can do. Well, maybe so. The point I was calling on to uh, to, to make is that we forget, as citizens of Charlotte, we forget that we are a Plan E government. The city council and county commission has almost no accountability for the actual administration of the city. Right. And we pay Dina DiOrio. Did she go over 400000 this year? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, nobody says a word about that. I mean, if she can get it, good. You know, whatever. But this whole thing about plan E government, when we've had issues, well, Braxton Winston days, when we had the police, for, uh, the riot and the, the, uh, the, the, what do they call it? The bottle, the bottlenecking or the bottling up of the riot yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and all that stuff. When that man got shot, um, uh, none of that went to the city council. Right. So this is, and I will say to, and I have her audio, but I'm not going to have time to get to it. Uh, Pete, I appreciate the call, but to, to your point, Victoria Watlington, Charlotte city councilwoman Watlington, she actually came out and she made the, I think, the best argument here, and it's along exactly what Pete was saying, is that we are a council manager form of government. We're not full-time city council members. And that means that we have already have, we already have a professional staff managing the city. There's no reason to make 11 or 12 politicians, quote, full-time. She'd rather take that money and pay for staff.
because they're the people whose profession it is. All right, let me get, jump over here to Melissa. Welcome to the show. Hey, Melissa, I have like a minute for you. Sure, thank you. Well, I just wanted to say I was sitting in my car listening to Braxton speak, and uh, maybe he should consider putting his kids in public school versus the most expensive private school in Charlotte. Oh. And I also know for sure that his kids play in an AAU league that because my son also plays, and the league is over $600 a kid per season. So, you know, his four jobs and single parents, it uh, doesn't add up. Well, I mean, if I recall correctly, Winston went to private school, a very elite prep school as well. Did I think up in, it's called, I think Andover or something up in uh, the Northeast someplace. So, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, he's just doing for him what his parents did, uh, or doing for his kids what his parents did for him, you know, private schools. I mean, that's sure. that's true public service. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Melissa, very interesting. Thank you. That is, I did not know that. I mean, I'm not surprised, and I don't begrudge anybody wanting the best education for their kids. Not at all. But this is, a, it's one of these things where, like, I need to make more money. My boss needs to pay me more money, pay me more money. Like, but at some point, the job is what the job is. The job pays what it pays. And it's not your boss's responsibility to make your budget work. That's on you. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Uh-huh.